Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our main sponsors, Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. Do call in for some excellent beers if you're around the city in the next few months. Okay, welcome everybody to the show. It's another solo project show, so I'm delighted to welcome Adrian Foley of Necrokinesis. How are you? Good, Ed- yeah, good. I've read Corcoran with Necrotized. That's it. And thankfully, there's not another necro. <laughs> I've Rowan Pines with terror syndrome. How are you? How are you, Rowan? Not bad. The sun's kind of fucking blinding me, but I'll be grand. Once you don't burst into flames, man, that's the main thing. Yeah. So I suppose, Rowan, you're the youngest of the lot here by a country mile. You're only 18, is that right? Yeah, I'm 18, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll all just walk away now, lads. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> so you started off... When you were 16 recording material, was it, Rowan? Yeah, it was It was in 2021, yeah, so I was 16. It was summer specifically as well, so, yeah. yeah. A good dad in the wings there. Shout out to your dad with uh, Punches Pilot and the Nail Drivers. Yeah, and also he got back with Paris the Thought as well, so they'll be gigging again soon. Ah, okay. Did any of you hear of Paris the Thought, Red? Did you ever hear them? No. Okay. What are they kind of, are they more heavy metal than trash, or...? Um, they have some, well, I won't say it is, but they they have some roots to like metalcore kind of, because like it's all clean singing. There's like no like okay. screaming or anything, but like the guitars or anything is very like heavy. So I'd say it has like some yeah. connection to like metalcore or something, but it's not really like, I don't know. Yeah. Like blend of a lot of things. like. And when did you pick up the guitar, Rowan? Um, it was four years ago, I think. Something. Wow. Yeah, I think four years ago. Yeah. Okay. Your dad is the guitarist, as I said, Punches Pilot and the Nail Drivers, who are well known around uh, Cork City and County. Uh, ska band, they're brilliant. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, my yeah, my uncle is also the rhythm guitarist, so it's like a family thing. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, Eric, yeah, Eric Hines, yeah. Oh, very good. So you have plenty of people that are well used to play music around you anyway. So would they have influenced you a lot in in relation to music yeah i mean like my dad from when i was young like he kind of set the boundary for what i'd be listening to like for example he would play like like the well-known like black sabbath some like iron man the black sabbath um the black sabbath by black sabbath like obviously metallica as well yeah um mastodon specifically blood and thunder by mastodon as well Mm. like I, i used to really like that song but in terms of actually becoming like more like a metalhead and stuff I, that was mostly me. Like I remember, I did, I discovered like Slayer and I'm a God by myself, and I like right. got the vest and everything. So I like I got more into it by myself. But like my dad sort of like let's say let let like lay the foundations, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one, lads, isn't it? Adrian and Red that to have such good influences so early in life. hundred percent. Yeah. It, mm. it, it, it's like it's a, it's surprising you weren't like. Um rebellious and we're like no fuck that i'm going to be a dj or something that's <laughs> you have to get into them to them young like you know yeah. yeah as i often say it on the show and the two lads will agree with me you know when we were metalheads it was so hard to get actual music that we wanted to get isn't that right red i mean death yeah. metal it was so hard to get back in the late 80s wasn't it well, like not that old, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like in terms of like social media, everything is just there now. 
it's all yeah. on YouTube. It's just all there. Whereas we had to buy CDs and you know read magazines and all that kind of thing. Find mm. find you had to find bands. Whereas now they're just kind of there. Yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? It's just come at it from Rowan's side of things. Like, how do you even decide on what you like? You know, it's literally just as as Red said, it's there. Like you have to find it yourself let's even talk about shows that you would have went to Rowan. how many live gigs have you gone to um well recently i've been going to more because you know i've gotten older like so i can go to like you know over 18s gig I, of course I yeah so i'm like i'm going to is a he five in freds on friday because deserted are playing mostly with them because i saw them live with like hash maker and aboard of the earth a okay. while ago which is class yeah. But yeah i went to um I went to see Metallica and Slain when I was obviously younger. Mm -hmm. um, I saw Ghost twice. I saw them once when they supported Metallica. I saw like Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel on that like Bay Area. Ah, nice one. one. Yeah. So like I've, I've, been to, I've been to a good few. Like I've been to. Yeah, good. yeah, that's great, man. Adrian, what was your first metal gig? Can you remember? Proper one now. First proper one was Megadeth uh, in the SFX, uh, the Euthanasia tour. So I think it was that's oh, 96 cool. or something. So, um, I, yeah, so that, that was my first proper gig. Like, so, yeah, that was quite the experience. I'm not really much of a gig goer, though. Like, I don't really go to many gigs. Um, I haven't been to that many. I've been to a few over the years, a few festivals and stuff. But um, I wouldn't be one. I'd probably go to two gigs a year. Like, that'd be okay. me, like, so. <laughs> Yeah, it is that way now with Dublin anyway, because it's so fucking expensive getting up there. Oh, it's fucking crazy. There. Like, I was looking at, like, this year, there is a Bitchberry, Fear Factory, uh, Party's Lost, mm. uh, and just, like, working out, like, the fucking hassle of getting up there and everything else, like, it was just, um, I had tickets there for Zentrix a while ago, and I just, uh, was just, it just was getting too stressful, and I was like, oh, fuck that, I just, I didn't, I didn't even go to it, like, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's really bad. I'm really antisocial, yeah. <laughs> Red, what about you? Back in the day, Kilkenny was a, a real hub of, of metal. Your Slave Zeros, I mean, were you yeah. in Grotter Purifier, one of those bands at the time? Uh, no, not back then. Uh, okay. Chris Fracture is my old band. Okay. Like, right. A long time ago now. Um, yeah, so I suppose first bands would have seen kind of like metal punk bands be like, like Slave Zero and Gout. Don't know if mm. you heard of them. Yeah, I have, yeah. Like any punk band. Um, first the, big, I'd big say, one, metal yeah. gig was uh, Ozfest when I was like 16. Oh. So let's see, two, Slayer. Oh, who else played that? Slayer, System of a Down. Oh, class, Ozzy Cancel, do you remember that? Oh. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would have been my first big one. So that was like, you get to see like 10, 15 big bands in one day. It was great. Especially mm. at the age of 16, like, you know. Did you go up with a few mates and stuff, yeah? Uh, yeah, I think it was a mate booked a little bus, a little minivan. About right. 10 of us went up yeah. and came back. It's got all crack now. Yeah, and stuff like that, but all of us, like, had a huge... Like, my first big mm. one was uh, Megadeth and Alice in Chains, you know, and I can vividly remember it and just suddenly discovering shitload of people like ourselves at this gig where I was from there was probably around six or seven metal heads in y'all and then suddenly you're in a stadium with a few thousand of them you're just going holy shit <laughs> oh, yeah, here's was my that? tribe 
Yeah. That was 91, I'd say. Rust in Peace Tour. Was that 91, 92? I think it was Countdown Tour, wasn't it? No, definitely Rust in Peace with Alice in Chains. 1990? Might have been then, yeah. Yeah. But uh, what a fucking gig that was. Amazing. The, the big drama of fucking getting to Dublin from Cork, you know, going up by bus and everything. This is the start of it now, you know, and once you get a taste of it, then good luck. This is this is the new way to go forward with gigs and rowing. I mean, you're on that journey now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Still have to see Megadeth though, but sure. Yeah, with Slayer gone now and, you know, all the rest of the boys getting around. I'm actually going to Metallica in Madrid, would you believe, next year? Cool. Yeah, I don't really listen to him anymore, but I just thought that's a fucking cool place to see him more than anywhere yeah. else. Quite cheaper to see him over there than see him. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. You're spot on, Red. Yeah. Accommodation, everything. This just And the flights are really cheap as well. Madrid's a class city. Adrian... Let's talk about your album. It's coming out in, when did you say? August the 5th, is it? August 5th, yeah. August 5th. A Force Made Flesh. The title? Yeah. Is, is there a team going through the album? Um, Not really a team going through the album. Um, the, a Force Made Flesh came from a Punisher story. I'm a big Punisher fan. Um. <laughs> And the last song, the title track is just pretty much about the Punisher. So that's where the title came from, Force Made Flesh. Okay. Um, but just kind of generally applies to um, just the idea of having a, a concept for music and then making it into a real thing, you know, was also mm-hmm. kind of just applied, like, was also like, yeah, it's a, it's a Force Made Flesh, like, so. Yeah. And the artwork is stunning. Who did the artwork? Uh, I actually don't know the guy's name. <laughs> I found <laughs> it online and um, I I bought it off him. And uh, when I went to ask him how he wants to be credited, line went dead. So <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> I knew his PayPal information, but I don't know his name. So. <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ, that's, that's yeah, it's weird, like, yeah, it's, and I was, it's like people are going to ask me, so I had to make up a name now or something. So yeah, Dan Seagrave <laughs> actually did. <yeah. laughs> It's so important to have pretty amazing artwork, I think, for your album EP as well. It's it's just what we're about, us metalheads, you know, in general. And, you know, that just straight away caught my eye. I went, holy shit, that's really interesting. There's eight tracks on the album, man. And I, I'll play one straight away. And I'm going to try and make sure that I get two songs from each of you on. It's pretty hard to pick out one of not of mine too because they're all fucking excellent adrian but oh thanks man yeah i went with this one and i went with this section in particular so we'll have a listen to it now
best man. Red, Rowan, what do you think? Yeah, yeah that's unreal. Brilliant. I really like that. Yeah. Um, it actually got like the last part, especially it got sort of like new creator vibes. I don't know why. Like especially like new type creator, like you have the melodic, then you switch to like a very like fast, brutal. I don't know. I just got kind of like new era creator vibes, which mm. is a very good thing. Like. Yeah, and of course I picked it. That's the instrumental, the only instrumental track on it. Is I singing that bad? <laughs> no, it's not. That's the instrumental, isn't it? Yeah, Long, cold, dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Solo, I was listening to it in the gym. I was just going, holy shit. I just, particularly that guitar solo as well, Adrian. Yeah, you worked with Michael Richards on this again. Yeah, Michael Richards again, yeah. Um, just, just had like... Um, uh, just really good working relationship with him. Um, kind of, he understands what I want, and we kind of just get to be sort of guitar nerds when we're there. We just like you know, triamps and guitars, and we always go back to the same stuff anyway. But like, it's just uh, he's really into tone, and he's really into um getting the right sounds and stuff. So, um, and he's kind of he's a bit hands off when it comes to like uh the pr- sort of production side of things. He'll throw in an idea maybe for different things, but. He's not like, um, I've had other producers in the past and they can be a bit overbearing with their ideas and kind of come out of the studio and being like, fuck, I, wouldn't, I wish I didn't change that or whatever. Like, but with him, it's just like he knows. It, you, normally, if he has an idea, it's worth listening to, like, you know. So, right. um, yeah, and, and it was kind of, I, I kind of, um, I, I, I felt like on the first album, I liked a lot of what I had done, but I felt like I wanted to improve it rather than sort of make something different. I kind of wanted to just kind of, chart like make everything better uh like um so that's why i wanted to go back to michael richards again for this one and just sort of go a bit deeper and sort of make it sound like a a, a better version of the first one like so yeah which you yeah. achieved in my opinion man yeah oh, thanks thanks very much yeah yeah did he give you a loan of the bass did he yeah he made all the bass yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> he's still on the bass yeah insider <laughs> knowledge there red and Rowan, if you were wondering <laughs> what about the drums adrian uh, yes, yeah, still still using program drums. Um, okay. Still doing that, like um, which which one are you using? Just uh, oh. in case the lads are are using the same. I'm just wondering. God, I, I can't remember. Um, we use so many different things, and then we just kind of put one and put them all together. Um, God, I, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it was just um, it was just like finding beats and stuff and doing things and. Um, I, I kind of was like, I, I was sort of thinking about having a live drummer on this one, um, but just so hard to get people that can play that stuff, like, and so hard to get people that can play that stuff and then practice enough to get the songs together and all that type yeah. of stuff. So just logistical nightmare, like, uh, and then try and do that when you're living in Bagnestown as well as everything else. Yeah, it's just I remember you saying that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, so yeah, for program drones, but I I think it's getting to a point now where like you really can't tell the difference, and I'm sort of of the opinion I would sooner go with really great program drums rather than like a mediocre drummer, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people can say like, oh, you know, well, there's no feel or different things in the drums, and it's like, and the and the you know, it's like, well, listen, the John Bonham plays got the, you say yeah, but I don't have John Bonham in the band. I have the guy down the road, and he doesn't sound like John Bonham either. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, so it it um, I'm very happy with how it turned out, though, how how the drums sound and mm. um, yeah, I, I think it sounds really cool, like so. Yeah, I'm, I'm opening that to you, lads. Red and Rowan, can you just maybe comment on what 
Adrian was saying there in relation to mediocre drummers and drum machines. Yeah, I I'd hundred percent agree there. It's like drums now you can program them to sound they don't it doesn't sound like you know like mortician drums that's just you know very you know it's a drum machine not an actual drummer whereas now like i think there's a fear factory album that has programmed drums can't really tell the difference yeah were you tempted at any stage red to work with a drummer well i did it was originally two of us in the band okay um but uh, it didn't really work out so that's that's why i just did the one man thing Okay. There, there was there was a drum kit behind me there, at one ah, stage. Okay. Ron. Yeah. yeah. Like um, one thing about like you know um, they don't have any feel, like from pro from my experience with programming drums, like you can change like the certain wet like dynamic of how like, let's say for example Tom was being hit like, for example I remember, I tried program drums like you know real program drums like, for um a metal song I was working on and um. It was like a thrash metal thing. And like you, I would like individually like change the dynamics of like each bass drum to make it sound like it's like a human, you know, it's not always going to be consistent. So like modern technology, it can, you know, you can like change the dynamics of how they sound to make it feel like an actual person isn't keeping up with the pace all too well, you know, like, and also like, you know, we have stuff like addictive drums and stuff like that and they're getting more more realistic sounding and like you know there's plenty of great albums with programmed drums like um i'm pretty sure like um typo negative for a while used programmed drums especially on october rust i'm pretty sure a yeah. lot of that was programmed drums and you know that's that's one of my favorite albums like that's so you know mm. it's not it's not really a big deal like at all where do you stop with them like i mean is it very easy to disappear down a rabbit hole with programmed drums and just get completely lost in relation to because like i don't know i don't use them man so but what's the what's the main one that uh you use red and rowan or is there any ones in particular i use different ones i use the easy drummer for the album but okay. then when i sent that away it was it was gone through something else so right. it's mm. all sampled from something else whatever Domo was using at the time mm. but uh yeah it was programmed with easy drummer i have a different one now okay rowan uh, yeah, well, well, my music, you know, it's not like Easy Drummer or anything. It's not like replicating a real kit, you know, it's electronic, even though there are actual like electronic kits and stuff. So mm-hmm. like, obviously you expect my type of music to have programmed drums. Yeah. Like. But um, again, you know, you can actually get electronic drum kits. But yeah, I use um, something called Beatmaker Vice. It's basically just all the type of 80s drum sounds you can like. So it's, it's different from... The lads, you know, it's electronic yeah. like music yeah, yeah. drums. You know? Cool. Okay. So, yeah. Right, Red, we'll just go on to you now. The album came out, Eternal Perversion, on May the 12th. How long were you working on it? He Red. has it. Um, <laughs> oh, good man. Thank you. Um, it, the songs were written a few years before they were recorded. Um, yeah, I was thinking so, that, yeah. Um, it was just kind of, when I came to record it, then I was just kind of adding things to it as and try try to make the songs better so there's like right. there's some parts where one guitar does one thing and one does another that kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh obviously like tweaking the drums stuff like that like so yeah it was kind of writing it writing parts of it as i was recording it at the same time yeah but the gist of it was written already it's a fantastic release i, I absolutely love it it's just perfect Here's driving that. music for me and <laughs> it's very interesting listening to it because i mean 
I wouldn't say there's a team going through it, in my opinion, but there's definitely a lot of nodding the head towards American horror films or just the, the way you've it done. There's a lot of samples running through it as well with people talking in it. Maybe just talk about the idea of, of the whole album itself. Like it's obviously to knock you off balance and it's definitely not a an easy going thing no. to listen to. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of dark stuff going on in the background, you know, with, with women screaming and maybe just talk about the whole idea of it. Eternal perversion is driving it anyway, with a, with a title yeah. like that. So it's not necessarily a concept album, but yeah, as you were saying, there are like those kind of similar teams that run through it. Um, uh, the star of the album, actually, it's not actually a sample from a movie. My friend actually did that. What? Really? Yeah, he did that himself. Yeah, my friend Shane, Shane O'Keefe. So, man, okay. if you watch this. <laughs> Class. Uh, yeah, he did that. So I had the uh, instrumental and I just sent that to him and uh, I kind of gave him an idea and he just sent back that. And I was like, that, that sounds like it, it, it's done. It's it's done what it's supposed to do. It sounds like it's from like a, some kind of weird horror film or something. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You're still I, friends with this person? I am. <laughs> 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 I am. He's a good mate, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the the other samples then, uh, one is from the movie Funny Games, but I kind of added music and stuff over that as well. And the other one is from, uh, was it Hannibal? Oh, yeah. fucking hell. Hannibal. Jesus, right. Very yeah. good. I thought that, that worked quite well. That's the song after the 911 call, isn't it? Uh, the song after that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I actually, what's it called? Is uh, it? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The artwork, fantastic artwork. That's Paul McCarroll. He did work with you before, wasn't it? With Grot, was it? Or Yeah, he did the Grot one. And he actually did one in the band, the Cruise Fracture one, back maybe 20 years ago now. Jesus. And where is he based, Red? Is he local? Uh, is he in Ireland? Or where is he? Northern Ireland. Okay. I think he's Belfast. Yeah, I think he's Belfast. Adrian, if you hold up the covers again, like the artwork is. Like every orifice is stuffed. Yeah, uh, it works so well with the the title and the the, the concept. Yeah, well, definitely with the title. Yeah, 100%. And did you give him any music to listen to with it, Red? Or did you just give him a rough idea of of the title? And Um, yeah, I originally wanted to do something else and he he didn't want to do that. So then we nearly didn't work together. But then he made some suggestions and then I had some ideas and he just said, uh, you have to trust me. So I did. And then he sent back that. I was like, wow. <laughs> as offensive as the, the lyrics. So, that's Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And what made you go with Damov from Gamma Bomb? Um, he was recommended by my mate John. So I have another project. John Roach. With JR, yeah. Gamma Bomb, yeah. And he said, just uh, give Damo a shout. And I did. I sent him a track. And he sent it back to me then. And I was like, pretty impressed with it so we went ahead then yeah and and, uh, yeah he done a brilliant job he did he did indeed okay i'm going to play a track off it and um, which one did i ch- oh yeah i picked two so we'll we'll start with this member delicacy i'll just love this
Before we begin, you must all be warned. Nothing here is vegetarian. fucking class i love it man. <laughs> Good, man i think there's some great humor going through it in relation to the lyrics and just the whole yeah it is yeah it's fucking great adrian rowan much think uh yeah I, I i love it um it kind of it it, it kind of brought me back a bit uh because mm. when i got it i hadn't seen paul mccarroll's artwork in a while uh because he used to do a lot of stuff um for bands about 20 years ago or so and I instantly recognized that's Paul McCarroll. Um, uh, so it kind of brought me back and it, it made me think of, um, I was I was briefly in Slave Zero uh, around about 2005 oh. when John Roach left. I filled in for him because I was friends with those guys. But I remember it just kind of brought me back that the Paul McCarroll done all their artwork and those guys were all like really into like that American sort of dying fetus, that type of stuff. Um, and it just it brought me back to that type of thing. And, um, it, it has a kind of an Amer- American sound to it. I think it sounds like I, I can hear suffocation, that type of thing in there. Um, um, yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I, I really, really do like it. it's. It's um, yeah. I think I think it's awesome. Yeah, well done. Cheers, man. Nice. Ron, Thanks. would you listen to this? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I really do. It's like um, because anytime you know you combine like sort of you said like he he's kind of having nods like horror movies and stuff, and it's kind of like you know the samples it's very like mortician you know have that very fucking long sample before just like yeah. blowing your eardrums off like you know yeah it's like that. but in terms of the sound yeah i definitely hear like a lot of actually like dying fetus in there mm. i don't know what it is about it but it's definitely it's like it's very like american i feel like definitely like it's like a bit it has like brutal death metal elements like suffocation like adrian said but also has some very like thrashy death metal elements in there as well and you know like my one of my favorite type of metal genres is thrash so and you know combine it with death metal i love mm-hmm. a lot of bands like that you know like um phantom which is a pretty good death thrash band and you know like early cannibal corpse is pretty death thrash but i'd say the biggest like the band that comes to mind related to this is definitely sort of like a mixture of like suffocation and dying fetus honestly mm-hmm. yeah right and he, what uh, would you say the influences? Uh, yeah, suffocation. Yeah, early suffocation, definitely. Maybe a bit of dying fetus. I wouldn't listen to him as much anymore. Be more mm-hmm. kind of um, 
early carcass. I love early carcass and Dayside. Yeah. Rod, uh Desecration. One of the, the next songs I'm going to play actually off it, I can hear Massacre, early Massacre. Oh, Massacre class, yeah. Yeah, but or not, you're aware of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Massacre, yeah, they're great. Okay, 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 cool. Right, we'll go on to you, Ron. At the moment, you are actually, unlike the two lads, you're actually getting out and playing gigs as a solo artist. Yeah. Was that your first one in Fred Zeppelin's there at the Battle of the Bands, was it, or had you done one before that? No, it was my first gig, yeah, for Tyre Syndrome, was in Battle of the Bands, and I have one this you, right. you, yeah, you saw the post I have one this Saturday. It's supporting um, This Place is Death, Shadows Calling, and um, The Grunts in Fred's again. So, yeah. Okay. So, talk us through how you set up for Fred's, your first gig. I'd say your heart must have been coming out to your mouth, man, was it as well? Just trying to get everything right. And, like, how nervous were you? Like, when I first got the gig, I think that's when I started absolutely shitting my pants. Like, mm. But I think like the day, the day of it, like I was, it's weird. Like as soon as I walked in the doors, I didn't even feel nervous. I was just like, like yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, because there's plenty of like artists that like have a similar setup to mine. Like I think the main worry I had was being like, sort of mostly playing guitar and playing keyboard of some sections with just tracks because it is, you know, electronic music, you know, maybe the lads and Freds, you know, all the metalheads are not really into that type of shit, but like there's this fella, um, have you heard of Craven by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, Craven. Like my life setup is basically the same as his, like interface, like keyboard but mostly guitar like. Okay. Like he played in Freds as well. But my inspiration is mostly Dance with the Dead, like their early live shows is them playing the tracks with with like an interface of some sort, playing keyboard parts and also guitar. Like if you look at um, A38 Rocks, Dance to the Dead Light, that's like sort of like the best like similarity between my like like how I sound live and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I, I wasn't worried at all. Like as soon as it finished, like oh, I want to do this fucking more because that, as you saw, <laughs> as you saw from like the pictures, like the crowd went absolutely, like they that's lost brilliant. their fucking shit like yeah it was managed, like yeah there was like i managed to get like a wall of death from them and also like <laughs> put them all, all down and then they all jumped back up and it was like crazy yeah i can't wait to see them again like you know yeah but yeah the setup rowan beforehand so you had to work with the sound engineer just maybe talk through what you were doing in relation to setting up on stage and how complicated or was it fairly easy I mean, like, yeah, you know, the fact I have the tracks and just, like, the keyboard. The only, like, instrument, apart from the tracks he has to mix, is my, gu is my guitar, really. Yeah, and what were you using uh, to trigger each song? Was it just hand? Oh, no, I let them all run through, but I had, like, gaps oh, right. between, like, okay. like, I still need to get, like, a push controller and stuff, you know, like. But, yeah, I just had sort of gaps between if I, in, like, talking parts, if I want to, like, announce the crowd or whatever, you know, that type of stuff. Right. But, yeah, like, all he, all he really requested was from me is just like lower the volume or like raise the volume of the keyboard and then like everything else was brand like yeah fair play man you're up and running now man that's great you have another gig this saturday isn't it yeah okay right so we'll give terror syndrome a spin and this is fear surge okay <laughs>
Again, I love that. It's something perfect to listen to in the car. Congratulations, man. That was just the title track off the EP, Rowan, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And how has it been received so far? The EP or just... The EP, yeah. Yeah, it was like pretty much all positive, like luckily. But, um, you know, it didn't get like... um, It's not what... Like the tracks aren't some of my most played. Like I think there's like only... Like that track, Fear Surge, is actually the least viewed track on the entire EP. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, like I think the most viewed one is um I think it's either the Doolahan Dance with Death or Into Fire, but you showcased the Doolahan before. Yeah. So like it was released like before the EP came out. Mm-hmm. So that might have like pushed the numbers a bit. But um yeah, like most people I've talked to about it loves it like so. Like, I, I think it's my best work, like, so far. So. Oh, definitely. You can see the progression. That's that's all you want is is progression in your music, man. Would any of you be into that, Red or Adrian? Would you be into synth metal or anything like that or dance? Pretty cool, yeah. So it kind of reminds me of Rammstein a bit. Yeah. So some of the heavier guitar parts are right, yeah. Hearing, like, um, or European, like Carpenter Brute. Um, definitely, yeah. Guys, a bit of kind of early Perturbator in there. It sounds... Like, I love all that stuff. So, yeah. Like it's, oh, me too. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely be checking out later on, like, because I haven't actually listened to it before, but that sounds right up my street now, I have to say. Did you do all the production yourself, Rowan, in relation to mixing and mastering it or what? Yeah, no, I did the production and the mixing and the mastering. So, yeah. How did you find that? Is it is it fairly intensive for you? Um, No, like it... Like a lot of tracks I put together in like a short amount of time, like only even like a couple of weeks or like days or something. Like, you know, I could just okay. it, it, like literally whenever I have my brain fucking overloading with shit, like, you know, I just, it all just like, you know, it's fucking like I've, I have no thought. I just put it in, put it in, put it in, put it in. But um, I think the only difficulty is when I re- reach like writer's block and I'm kind of sitting there, you know, like kind of clueless looking at my screen. It was like, nothing there and you know i'm it happens as well when i'm like trying to come up with like wrists and stuff i just be playing my guitar trying to come up with something good but i end up just playing my guitar for the rest of the night like not putting anything down hmm. so like motivating myself to actually like get stuff recorded because i just didn't really have anything in mind was like the only challenge but like when i do have a proper like surge of inspiration like i can get a track done i got the tracks done fairly easy like you know yeah so, yeah would you find that yourselves, Adrian and Red, in relation to writing music? Sometimes you just hit a brick wall and you just end up playing the guitar, and just nothing comes out. Like sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, like you write when you're not even thinking about writing. You might just pick up guitar doodle and it's like, oh, there's a riff. Yeah. You know? Like I don't know. It's like going fishing or something. Sometimes you catch a fish. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> that's like that's the way I view it anyway. Yeah, Adrian. Uh yeah, like kind of the older I get, the I try to to try less. To kind of like um, reading uh, Charles Bukowski there a while ago, and he had this great idea about like don't try if you want to be creative, don't try to be creative because if you try too hard, you just you hit the wall, and nothing happens. Uh, whereas if you just sort of like let it happen, um, it just kind of tends. So I try not if I sit down and say I'm going to write a riff. It's pretty much guaranteed that I won't. But if I just kind of approach the guitar with the point of view of I'm just going to jam or something, then something usually happens. Like, 
Um, mm. So usually, well, <laughs> a thing that I started doing lately is I find that if I get out of the house, so I got a little like um, Vox unplug thing that I can plug into my guitar and put my earphones in, and I'll go walking down the fields and I'll go different places and I'll bring my guitar or sit up by the river I or something. That. And um, <laughs> there's like there's like two two of the songs on the album wound up that way. There was a bridge down near me, like an old railway bridge, uh, and I went in underneath there and I just had my stuff set <laughs> up and I was just writing riffs. And it was there's a river nearby. And there's like a few lads coming up from fishing and they all looked at me like I was a fucking alien after landing I would think like falling from the sky or something. So they all thought I was nuts. But um with the guitar. With the guitar, you know, whatever it takes, like <laughs> that's you know, fantastic. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so that was uh, the Hellbound Heart. That was the song that came out of that. I wrote like half that. Oh, that's a fucking song. great that's song. It. Yeah, there you go. So that's how that happened. Like, again, if you're writing riffs, would you bother even recording them or is it just solely what goes into your head and it's, you keep it there? I'd record stuff if I think it's if it's a keeper. Okay. Like, if I think that's good or if I think it's it will be good. Like, if, mm. it, if I just thought, yeah, yeah, I might need to tweak that tomorrow now and I'll come back to it. Like, that, yeah, I'd record it then, but if it's just uh, a meh riff, I just let it go. Because okay. Ron, are you the same? Yeah, but with me, um, I would only like re- like put like record stuff if I actually have my DAW open in front of me, because yeah. what happens with me is that I would play guitar without having anything up, you know, with the intention of coming up with a riff for future recordings. But me, I fucking forget to record them on my phone, so I end up forgetting this very very nice riff, and I end up absolutely pissed off. Like, yeah. So then I come up with. To the next recording session i have nothing and i'm like blaming blaming myself so yeah it's mostly like i have to have like i have to be in a recording session playing my guitar coming up with riffs for me to actually put them down because mm-hmm. i'm just a dumbass who keeps forgetting to record them on his phone so like i can yeah and what are you using to mix master the ep Ron? well first of all i'm producing them in reaper reaper is my dog choice like which is okay. funny for the iconic music because usually it's like FL Studio or like Logic or something. Yeah, Logic, yeah. But for mixing, obviously, it's literally just the mixing panel in Reaper. And mas- okay. mastering, I'm using something called Loudmax. It's like this very, very simple like mixing thing. It's literally just like two, like two knobs. It's like one is the threshold and the other is like, for example, the limit that I can't exceed, like, you know? Mm. So yeah, like it's it's very very simple stuff, but it just it just works like, you know, yeah. like none of the songs you hear was like mixed or mastered in any like professional, very sophisticated way or anything. It was just like yeah, yeah. You're only eighteen, man. If you want to go down that route, you're paying serious cash. I can see Adrian shaking his head there. <laughs> it's eighteen. Wow, man. That's that's Jesus. I mean. I, I couldn't barely hold a guitar when I was 18. That's that's a really a great achievement, man. It really, really is to be at that level already. Like, well done. Thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. I want to get back to you, Adrian, and the second track, A Force Made Flesh. Yeah, that's that's actually the one I picked. There's plenty of examples there of your singing in this one as well, man. It's probably my favorite track of the album. Yeah. 
Some great guitar licks and that, isn't there, lads? Yeah, it's quality stuff, man. Thanks, yeah. yeah, you can hear the production as well. Michael Richards is is so crisp with that stuff, like, isn't he? Got the bass on that. Yeah. Um, are you going to do anything with it promotion-wise now, like that it's going to be coming out? Have you got something lined up? Is there going to be, we'll say, a lyrical video or any uh, plans? Which is Brew, the German label, are going to poke the CD. Um, okay, class. Uh, Cryptic Blood are going to do a cassette release this time. Uh, and I just, uh, I, I'm after uh, doing a thing with uh, Cutting Edge Metal PR. They're going to take over the PR campaign for it. Um, so they'll be um, pimping it uh, and stuff. Um you know, kind of over the next few weeks, and um, hopefully get out there and, and get some stuff. Um, kind of like because I'm of an older generation, like I, I kind of find it hard to adapt to the whole Instagram thing, and and like, and I mean, that's probably even like, you know, um, and and just trying to watch the numbers and engage with people and stuff like that. It's it's not how I'm programmed, like you know. So okay. it's um. So lyric videos and, and playthrough videos and stuff like that. I, I probably will do a playthrough video, um, but it's just like if I have creative energy, I just much prefer to put into music and, and make more music and make more riffs and do that type of stuff. The other stuff is all kind of like a necessary evil of stuff that you have to do. Like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. but hopefully it, it will get pushed and stuff. I, it's kind of, I don't want it to disappear because uh, I just be like, you know, forgotten about in a month's time. I wanted, like, you know, because I think it's really good and I want people to hear it. Yeah, definitely. And with the first album, like, what kind of learnings did you take away from that? With regards promotion or with... Yeah. Uh, um, I realised that um, if you get other people to put it out rather than yourself, uh, like, I, I got that YouTube channel... Um, What's it called? Um, trash, new trash metal albums or oh, something. Oh yeah, new wave of trash. Is that is that? Yeah, it? new wave of trash. Yeah. So they, yeah. I got them to post it, and I got like eleven thousand views or something. And then I got mm. taken down, and I asked them to put it back up, and then they put it back up, and I got like another ten thousand or something. Okay. Whereas if I post it on my own, it might get a thousand or two thousand or something like that. So, um, I and there was a um, there was a, a, a film company used a couple of songs from it as well for some of their YouTube videos. Um, and I just, it was really great because that really helped the numbers go up and um, like it helped it on Spotify and everything else. Like, so uh, just all that type of stuff seemed to help that if you get other people that are kind of um, have an audience 
involved mm. do a lot better because otherwise no one really listens to you like you know so yeah um, yeah so that's yeah that's kind of what i learned and um you have to do the it's just it's just about hustling like because it's strange when you're not gigging and so i used to just gigging and doing all that stuff and you know the sort of old school approach whatever mm-hmm. um and then things just kind of happen word of mouth but since covid it's like i don't think things really happen as much that way like um and it's just it's just getting harder so yeah it's it's, it's i'm constantly learning you know so yeah oh definitely 100 percent. red what about you had you any struggles in relation to promoting the album and how are you finding it as a solo artist um, yeah, well, it's not easy because, like, you know, you're constantly doing everything by yourself. So there's nobody mm. to kind of go, hey, um, what do you think it is? So, yeah, as Adrian was saying, yeah, it, it's good to kind of get somebody else to try and promote your stuff. Doing it by yourself, there's a lot like, you, like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that. Like, So it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of work in it. I do find myself doing a lot of that stuff. and It's, it's not that fun. You know, I would rather just be playing guitar than, you know, typing big long things on facebook but it is a necessary evil as adrian said yeah Um, so yeah has to be done these days yeah and what do you think yourself in relation to the reception of it so far do you think you should be pushing it you have it out in cd anyway don't you it's uh yeah i have it on it's on all major platforms now it's on spotify apple youtube all that so um yeah it's going well anyway so far um, did you so, get into so any easy. groups, Facebook groups for death metal, we'll say, or did you look at anything like that, like Adrian was saying there? No, I haven't really looked into that yet. Now, I did, I was on to a production company in somewhere in South America, all right. They're putting one of the songs on a compilation CD coming nice. up and get reviews and that kind of thing as well. But yeah, you kind of have to, you have to look for these kind of guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. You do. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the way it's going. Did you lean on any of the contacts from Gamma Bomb or? No, I didn't actually. No, maybe I should. <laughs> maybe you should, yeah. And Kevin Talley was drumming as well for a while with. Uh, with Grotch, yeah. With Grotch, yeah. Yeah, and he's drumming on the, our other project as well. Uh, yeah. so tap him up, man. You know, get him, get him helping you out there, dude. A lot yeah. of these guys would have Spotify playlists. You know, and it might just be a case of just throwing necro toys on it and it could take off that way. Yeah, could be. Just a lot more work has to be done. Like, that's, you know, the, yeah. the way, especially right. as a one man, like, there's nobody else going to do it. Like, there's nobody else going to do it. You see, yeah, you're spot on. in a band, there's four heads, four, four people can do four different things or mm. by yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. like, as, as, that's what I'm trying to say. It'd be a shame for it just to drop out of sight. Yeah, true just have to stay plugging away at it but uh yeah it's like i nearly have material for another release so there'll be another release soon enough maybe an yeah. ep i'm not sure yeah great stuff Rowan. um for the first like the main um promotion channel to look to is this fella called the 80s guy he okay. just does any type of synth wave like retro wave dark synth horse and cyberpunk music whatever so i i submitted a, like he posted a bunch a bunch of my tracks before a bunch of my covers um i don't think any of my remixes but a bunch of my covers like my the ones i do like on my channel i have plenty of like covers and remixes and stuff i have like my resident evil stuff as, and and yeah um and i also do like some horror movie theme song covers as well okay. that he posted there as well but for i think there's only one track on the on fear search the ep that was posted and um, do yeah 
It was um, the 80s guys separate channel, um, EBSM, which is electric body synth music. And it's basically just all sort of like very dark and aggressive synth music. So it's like, you know, Perturbator, Carbon Fruit type stuff. He posted okay. the Doolahan in there. It got like, I think at now it's either a 2.9K or like just 3K views. Mm. But like, I'm, I like, I don't really mind if it's not going on any like promotion channel like that one because my channel i think like do the hand on my own channel we got like 1.2k or something like that which is i'm happy with that like so yeah i don't, I don't really stress about it too much really anymore okay that's fair enough red there's like plenty of websites there that you can get old horror films and yeah no i'm gonna do a music video at some stage my friends have a production company so that helps anyway Okay, cool. Um, I don't think I'll do a lyric video. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be a big fan of those now myself. Right. I've already watched yeah. them. Like. I wouldn't be either, but I mean, again, they're cheap enough to do and, you know, they get your product out there. True. This should definitely make a fantastic uh, video, man. Basement Impalement. We'll give it a spin. that i love for example hail the bullets and have you heard of hail the bullets yeah yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. them before they're a band now that that just pulled a load of world war ii footage in black and white piece together and released it as um a video for one of their singles you get sued though if you were to take stuff from a horror film as well though you know that do you know what now kid up i'd say you'd be okay they wouldn't be focusing in on red the only is it kilkenny you are yeah yeah <laughs> I know, but it'd be a bit heartbreaking if we were to put something together and then it was pulled <laughs> off YouTube, you know. We give you a warning first. You get away with it. It'd be grand, like especially in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Red, try it, man. I'd highly recommend it. One of those songs definitely deserves. There's a great Deicide fan video. I, um, I think it's Dead by Dawn on YouTube, and it's all just Evil Dead footage. It's it's fucking awesome. Like it's like it's all syncs up to the music and everything else, but absolutely yeah. awesome video. Like so, it's all just footage from Evil Dead too. Like so. Definitely yeah. worth checking out. Disappear down a rabbit hole there, Red, and see what you come up with. <laughs> I'm sure I'll come up with something as messed up as the, the music anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Rowan, I want to play one more song from you. It's uh, the Doolahan. It's one we featured a few months back on the show. Great track, actually.
And that's the bar you raised for yourself with that track, man. Yeah. It's easily the best thing you've done so far, in my opinion, anyway. The fact that it's on Fear Surge Volume 2 is it's great that people can get their hands on it as well. Is that um, on digital only, Rowan, at the moment, yeah? Yeah, at the moment it's only digital. Okay, are you going to go old school in us at any stage further down the line with CDs or anything like that now? Yeah, like I'd love to get like, especially like cassettes, because, you know, it would it fit the whole like, you know, the fact synthwave is like a very retro genre. It'll fit it the whole like 80s thing, like, you know, if I like, put them on cassettes, especially. But yeah, CDs and obviously, you know, every artist wants to have something on vinyl eventually, like, but, you know, that's going to cost a fucking fortune. Like That's so. further down the road, man. That's fucking you don't even have to investigate it at the moment, get off, relax there. You're doing very good at the moment. So work towards cassettes and CDs, first of all, I would say. Yeah, like for the album I'm working on at the moment, first time I'm actually announcing I'm working on an album. But I'm fucking, I am thinking of having like a digital, um, I mean, physical release for it as well. Mm-hmm. Like looking into CDs and cassettes to yeah. like sell on like my band camp. Yeah, and do you know what? Now that you're playing gigs, they'll be there at at your merch stand. So, yeah, that's something there. Let's talk about merch, everybody. Adrian, we'll go over to you first. What are you looking at with the release? Uh, so I'm hoping CDs, uh, probably by September, and uh, Witches Brew are putting them out. Um, so uh, and then there will be uh, uh, Cryptic Blood are doing the cassette, uh, and and he likes doing all this crazy stuff like there's there's usually like um with uh, like crazy designs and packaging and stuff like that so um i don't know when that's going to come out that could be next year or something but um it, it should be pretty cool anyway um i think i'm going to do t-shirts as well because a few people have said that they really like the artwork and that they should put onto a t-shirt i've heard that a yeah. few times though so i might do a run of t-shirts so um yeah, so I'll, I'll probably look into that. I was actually meant to get on to a guy that used to do t-shirts for me before during the week, but I'll probably give him a mail over the weekend and see if we can get some t-shirts going because I think it'd be cool to have like so. Um, and then it's like, but again, it's like, um, you, you, it's like bank ham stuff and everything else. Like when there's no gigs, there's no merch table to sell it at. Like, so you're like, um, you know, so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think just if there's enough of an interest there, you can engage it and see if things go bit by bit. Like, it'd probably be cool to do, yeah. Yeah, even if you did a pre-order, you'd know fairly fast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red, you have um, um, a T-shirt available. Yeah, I have T-shirts and uh, CDs, obviously. Yeah, and a few little badges. Not, yeah, not too expensive. But uh, yeah, I'd like to do um, maybe hoodies, stuff like that down down the line. But again, you kind of need to be playing live really to. Otherwise, you just have boxes full of stuff. You know, it's hard to. It's hard to sell them all on Bandcamp, like mm. you know, sell a few. I sold a few, all right, like, but um, yeah, I think playing live is really where it's at to sell, you know, like if you're playing like up north or even in England or wherever, like kind of getting outside yeah. of Ireland, that's 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 where it's at, I think, especially especially with hoodies and stuff. Ron, have you got uh t shirts and stuff out yet? No, you, I think you do. It's it's you're going a different route, it's if you order it. It'll be made or something like that, is it? Yeah, I'm scra- demand. Yeah, I'm gonna be scrapping that because it's very expensive. Like, I think I might just go traditional, find like an actual shop to go print them off, then have them myself. Then, as you said, I'm gonna start doing like I'm doing live shows now, so you know I can sell them at the actual gigs. Mm. But I did only print one shirt, and it's on the, the mascot. You might have noticed. 
Okay, I see it, yeah, class. It's like the, it's literally just a fucking Halloween decoration that I decided to put on stage and I was like, you know, might as well have some stage decoration. Like, yeah. Like, I want, I wanted like some sort of tapestry with like my logo on it. So, like, I remember I had that chair and I was like, fucking, why not put that like on the little stage decoration? You know, because it's another thing with like, you know, bands having like their tapestries and I'm like, maybe I should have something. But yeah, that's in terms of actual like merch being sold. Like the the only thing I've really sold like is you know digital Bandcamp purchases. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. No actual like proper merch yet. Like. And you know, deciding on a price of a digital download, how do you figure that out, or do you look at other people in the scene? Yeah, like I think I remember when I first set up my Bandcamp, I looked up like what would be the best like usual price for you know, pricing things. And so what I do is like for singles, I put them at four euro and then like an, anything that's like an EP or an album is eight euro. I just double the price. Like that's, that's the way I do it anyways. And I feel like it's mm-hmm. fair enough. Like, you know, it's not too yeah. bad. Like, yeah. Red. Um, I just did a euro a track. Cause there's only eight tracks. So it's kept simple. Yeah. Eight euro for, for an album is grand. I kind of think, but would I pay that? Like that's the way I look at it. Yeah, Adrian. Um, I, I usually put my stuff up for free. Um, I just um, it it it, it didn't let me do that with a pre-order on this one. I had to put a price on it, so I put three euro on it for the album. I usually put them free because I just want to get out there. Um, and every once in a while, you'll get some maniac that gives you fifty euro for the free download. Um, and then that kind of pays for all the ones that got it without paying for it. Um, and that, that have like, it, or someone like you get you know, tenor and stuff for it, like, or whatever, like, but um, I, I just want to get it out there. Like, and I think when you're competing with like YouTube and Spotify that like people can just have access to it anyway, like, you know, so you may as well just like make sure they have a good quality download of it rather than just like, you know, some shite, you know, version of it somewhere else. Like, so um, yeah, I, I put all of it for free. Like, um, and even, I'll, this is three or now, but I'll probably put back that back to free as well later on, like, you know, when the album starts to die down yeah, a bit or something. Very noble out of you, man. Fair play. And are you working on any other stuff? The Ancient Dark, what about that? Is that? Yeah, I have an album for that pretty much done. Um, it's just a matter of getting around to recording it. Um, it's it's pretty much written musically, at least anyway. Um, I kind of want to take it in a bit of a slightly different direction than the EP. Um, but I want to try and just kind of do something a bit different with it. So I want to be like, okay, the music's there. What can we do with that now? And just see if there's anything, any other ideas and different things with artwork and themes and stuff I can come up with. Like, um, but musically, yeah, it's pretty much done. And I can kind of see myself alternating between the two as time goes okay. on. Like we're just like sort of leapfrogging over each other. Like, cause um, when I was doing the Necrokinesis album, I was in trash mode, like just all day. Like if I was driving to work, I was just in the trash there. Home was in the trash. I was writing the trash. I was watching trash documentaries, reading books about trash, all immersed in it. And then like now it's like, okay, I need to put that back in that drawer. And now it's all like, you know, I'm listening to like all the melodic death metal stuff and different things. Like it just like, you know, I need a break from all the crunchy guitars. Like so, Um, but then I get to take it out and then I go back. (laughs) Main thing is you're writing music, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're happy. Under a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Red, what have you going for yourself there? Have you any side projects? You mentioned one or two of them there. Um... Yeah, so I have a project with JR from Gamma Bomb called Crimson Buttery. 
and uh, we just about yeah just about finished the album now so we've one vocal track left to do and it's done wow um, so, and is that is that an album or an ep uh it's an eight track album right excellent uh, stuff and have you a drummer up with that uh well kevin tallied on the drums for that ah okay so he's still involved involved with you yeah it's all john really like so mr get hired goon on vocals <laughs> brilliant man and wouldn't you say that's coming out any idea I don't know. I can't really say now. Okay. Still... Do you think it'll be this year? Um. Yeah, I'd say so. I'm not entirely okay. sure now. So. Yeah. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, we still, still have to get artwork and stuff done. So. Yeah. And are you playing any live music at all, Red? No, in not yet. Uh, I I plan on it already soon enough. Hopefully. Do you miss it? Oh, big time! Yeah, big time. Great buzz. The camaraderie as well. You know. Yeah. Playing like get to meet people and all that kind of, of course, thing. I do yeah. miss that. So yeah, like there's not like that. The fact yeah, that no, worn worn out might come in once every few yeah. months now. Were you at that? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was brilliant. Great crack now. Yeah, and it was a good turnout for it as well. Actually, that's good to hear, man. Which, which, yeah, it's kind of good because I'm like, oh, if I play, it's not like a tumbleweed going through the fucking <laughs> going through the venue, like you know. Yeah, pretty yeah. important. Nah, they're they're flying it, man. Worn out. They're just getting better by the year. You can see it. Yeah, they're great, man. It's fantastic. Yeah, I like Ron is, is is wearing them there. He's repping them, man. We'll just talk to you, Ron. Apart from developing your live act, is there any other rabbit holes you're gonna jump down, or musically wise, are you quite happy with what you're doing at the moment? Any collaborations or anything? Yeah, like I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing at the moment. But I I also do have another band. And but the thing we don't really re- rehearse much very often, but it is an actual band with um three other lads and some genres. It's a real mishmash, like throw the fuck everything at the wall type band. Like okay. you know, there's one song sounds like um Mr. Bungle. There's one song that sounds like Paramore. It's a bit of a. Hmm. There's another song that sounds like Love Joy. Then one song that sounds like Thunder Mother. Sounds okay. like Thundercat, and it's just like fucking you know whatever but and i actually did play a gig with them it was at my graduation <laughs> which is my first ever like live show but you know like i never considered that a live show you know it's yeah yeah of course background yeah. sort of like thing but yeah in terms of collaborations um i've always wanted to collaborate especially with some artists from here like as you know i collaborated collaborated with uh tomas yeah. for the opening um monologue for Dulahan, which sounds mm. fucking fast like, it does yeah but yeah, um, yeah. Um, in terms of artists, that's that comes to mind. Perhaps maybe like another sort of synthwave artist. Like I was, all, I was always thinking like me and Craven. We've been talking back and forth mostly about like how I was asking him about his experience with doing live music in this type of genre, and he was yeah. sort of giving me like what it's like for him. So maybe even like collabing with him on any type of music down the line. Yeah, I think that would be pretty. It would make sense as well, you know, like um, me and him, you know, if you think of Darks and artists in Ireland, you know, like you don't exactly, it's not exactly like a genre that would pop up in most people's heads when you think of Ireland, you know, like Darks and Synthwave. It's mostly like, you know, like European, like French, like specifically like in France or something, you know, Cavern of Brush or America, you know, like Los Angeles, that type of area. But yeah. Perhaps Craven or something like that, or any other like Irish metal artist. It's bleeding into festivals now, though, which is great. Yeah, 
like um like the whole like synthwave sort of genre or like yeah it is yeah that's creeping into festivals heavy metal festivals three-day events you'll see them winding down the night with which we'll say Carpenter Brute or what was the other fellow? Perkbear. yeah. I think it was in Brutal Assault or something like that. Or one yeah, of those ones. He, he was playing that man. It was fucking just wild. Yeah, and Carpenter Brute, obviously, he was in Hellfest. Mm. I'm pretty sure he was, I don't think he was, head, he wasn't headlining, no. No. But he was on one of the main stages, I'm Correct. pretty sure. Like, I yeah. saw the show there and it was fucking like, the thing is with Synthwave, I feel like a lot of Synthwave fans, I... I've like seen they're also metalheads. Of course they are, yeah. The thing is, like, you know, Synthwave is sort of like a retro revival type genre. And like, for example, with 80s pop, like I also love synth pop, you know, stuff like Midnight, the Midnight, um, Time Cop, Gunship, that type of stuff. And you know, like like if you talk to a lot of metalheads, you know, they might hate pop music, but if you name any if you put on any eighties pop song, you know, they're fucking gonna leave, lose their shit. Like, you know, so it's like no, it's yeah, true. like you're, you're dead, right? Like, yeah, yeah like you know, yeah. yeah, it's the thing that metalheads, but also people who like general type of music. Like, you know, I have a lot of fans who aren't into metal simply because you know it's not only because it's instrumental. I have like you know chill tracks as well. I just want to get a lot of variety. So yeah, I was at an international blues festival over in Rotterdam. I went there with my wife because she's into that kind of music and. The amount of metalheads added was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it was honestly like suicidal tendencies, massacre, fucking just everybody wearing all these T-shirts, like death metal T-shirts, just chilling out to bluegrass music. It's fucking weird, but metalheads definitely like their, as you said, 80s music, anything but fucking Irish country music. That's all I'd yeah. say, you know. <laughs> What metalhead doesn't fucking like classical music? Because I mean, you only have to look at Battery and Celtic Frost and stuff like that. That's all part of our DNA. And Red, you have it there with the intro to which one was it again? Bloated Bag of Intros, is it? Or... Oh, um, Dismember Delicacy, the Humble yeah, one. Dis- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why did you put that in there? Because you knew that metalheads will just go, oh, fucking class. Nice nod there to the to the movie genre, to classical music as well. Yeah, it's hard work. So, yeah. Just people assume that we don't like anything else. It's, that's a big misconception, I think, about us in the scene. True. Sure is. So, lads, that's it. Continue making the music that you're doing. You're honestly like three fantastic releases. I know yours isn't out yet, Adrian, but thanks for sending it on to me, man. It's a fucking great album. And I know you're going to earn more fans because of it. Red, I, I'd love to see you bring out a video or something for this on the cards album man you know it deserves something or other anyway and i'll be buying the cd off you as well everybody please check out reds rowan's and adrian's Bandcamp page man there's some great material there for you to buy and that's all i'll say now lads is best luck in the future and thanks for coming on the show awesome thanks for having me and crucially support your local metal scene